following audio is from Crossroads Church in West Ossipee, New Hampshire. For more information about Crossroads Church, you can go to www.crossroadsossipee.com. There, good morning. It's wonderful to see you all this morning. And it's good to see me too. Thank you. (laughs) Well, I want to give a little bit of an update uh, before we get uh, too far. Um, Our governor has uh, announced that the stay-at-home order will cease tomorrow uh, and be replaced with a safer-at-home advisory. Uh, so what that means for for us, I believe, is that um, our gatherings are no longer uh, limited. Our public gatherings, <coughs> excuse me, public gatherings, that's spring allergies. <coughs> um, <laughs> public gatherings will no longer be limited to 10 people. So that is going to change where, where we're at. Um, so the blue tape will disappear and masks will be optional and, and uh, things of that nature. So I'll be putting out an announcement when we have... Um, more concrete guidelines, um, but we can expect to be a a lot closer to uh, normal than what we have experienced in the last few weeks. So uh, we're praising the Lord for that. Um, At least I am. So uh, keep an eye out for that. So we're returning to our study in the Gospel of Mark this morning. We're going to look at chapter 8 verses 1 through 10, and that's page 843 in the Pew Bibles, if that's helpful to you. Um, this um, this is a text that um, I personally, uh, it really resonates with me. Um, and I uh, was very tempted this week to entitle this sermon, What a Bunch of Idiots. <laughs> so we're going to look at Mark's account of the feeding of the 4,000, which is otherwise known as the assistant pastor's crowd feeding sermon text. Senior pastor gets to 5,000. and Well, I have preached on it before as an associate pastor, so that's, there's some truth to that. <laughs> anyway, so Mark chapter 8, start at verse 1. In those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd, because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way, and some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? They said, seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves. And having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these also should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people, and he sent them away. And immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. Let's pray. 
Father, we're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful that you have uh, given us in your word all that we need to know about who you are and what you've done, how you feel about us and what our responsibilities are. We thank you, Lord, for this testimony of the work of the Lord Jesus here on earth. And we pray, Lord, by your Holy Spirit, you would instruct us so that we would become more like you, not slave to our own opinions and feelings, but following the standard that you have set forth in your word. We love you, Lord, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I wonder, does this account sound familiar to you? Didn't we just go through this a few weeks ago? It's a bunch of hungry people, Jesus and the disciples. Similar, very similar. We did look at this in Mark chapter 6. And Mark 6 details the account of Jesus feeding 5,000. And here we are again in chapter 8 with a very similar account. Some scholars um, falsely believe that they are the same account, that the feeding of the 4,000 and the 5,000 is just somewhere lost in the translation. It's the same thing. We don't know why they got in there twice. Well, that's not the truth. They are two separate accounts, two, two separate instances. Um, Matthew and Mark both make it clear in their Gospels that they were, in fact, separate. The feeding of the 5,000 took place near Bethsaida in Galilee. And the, those people that were there were predominantly Jewish people, and they were on their way to Jerusalem. And where this account takes place is near the Decapolis, and involves mainly Gentile people. And instead of five loaves and two fish, here Jesus started with seven loaves and an unnumbered number of fish, a few small fish, like Mr. Aaron catches. (laughs) In the earlier account, the disciples picked up 12 small baskets. The Greek word is kofinus. You can impress your friends with that. Please pass me the kofinus of bread. Uh, They picked up 12 small baskets full of leftovers. And here in this account, uh, although the English word still says baskets, the Greek word is spurus, which is the size of a hamper. A a man can fit in it. Paul was lowered out over the wall in a spurus, not in a kofimus, not in a lunchbox, but in a, a hamper. So there you go. Impress your friends. So later in this same chapter, in chapter 8, Jesus also refers to both of these feedings as separate events. Uh, So that's all important. And the reason is that we can trust God's word as it is presented. We don't need to try to figure out what the secrets are. It's right here in front of us. It says there are two separate instances because there were. And we can trust God's word with that. We don't need to to mess around with it at all. As we talked about in the last instance of Jesus feeding such a large crowd, um, the frail humanity and the powerlessness of the disciples is put on full display both here and there. At the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples were pretty high on themselves after coming back from a, a very successful ministry trip 
where they had proclaimed that people should repent and cast out demons and healed a lot of sick people. And when they returned from their trip, they're faced with a shortage of food. Jesus challenged the disciples. They're hungry. You feed them. If you're so powerful, you feed them. But of course, they weren't. And their powerlessness was exposed. And the power of Jesus was put on full display. But here at the feeding of the 4,000, Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't ask them to feed the people. He simply points out that the people who had been with him for three days in the wilderness had nothing to eat. And if he sent them away with no food, they would faint on the way home. So how did the disciples respond? Well, it's clear, right? Oh, you've done this before. Jesus, we fixed this problem just like last time. Right? We remember your faithfulness, O Lord. Do it again. Um, well, the Greek doesn't translate that way. Neither does the English. That's not what they said at all. This is why I want to entitle this sermon, What a Bunch of Idiots. The disciples don't mention the feeding of the 5,000 at all. It wasn't a year previous to this, to this account, this instance. They just said, how can one feed all these people with bread here in the desolate place? Don't you just want to shake your heads how quickly they forget? Those guys, them, those people, they forget, right? They were the living embodiment of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 29. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing the things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. This is why I kind of, I want to give the disciples a hard time, but this is exactly the program. This is exactly how God had it designed. We should be thankful uh, for that plan, because that's us too. We're clearly no difference. I already know that you know. You're shaking your heads, right? You're nodding. Yo, that's us, right? How quickly we forget when the Father has answered our prayers. How quickly we forget when he miraculously provides for our needs. How quickly they forgot, but so do we. The truth is there is one major difference between believers today and the disciples here in Mark 8. The only reason any of us who have faith in Jesus have any clue at all about anything, unlike the disciples here, is because we have the Holy Spirit living in us. So don't get down... Two down on this bunch of idiots because they did not have the Holy Spirit living in them at this time. That wasn't until Pentecost. That's not until Acts chapter 2. We're only in Mark 8. They've got a ways to go. We are all in the same boat with them without the Holy Spirit. We wouldn't pay attention to anything either. We wouldn't understand anything either. 
So we can learn from the disciples here. And that's to pay attention to what the Lord has done and look for him to do it again. But also be mindful of asking for more before being thankful for what you have been given. I don't want to tell you the stories that I have asking the Lord for more and more and more before saying thank you for what has been given. They're all too familiar, all too recent, and all too frequent. We can also learn a lesson from the Lord himself here, a lesson in compassion. Jesus had compassion on the hungry crowd. They had been with him, listening to his teaching and witnessing his healing for three days and now had nothing to eat. And when the time came for Jesus to move on, he was concerned that they would faint on the way, on the way home. But he also had compassion on the disciples. This time, at this feeding, he didn't expose their arrogance, like last time, insisting that they feed the crowd since they were so powerful. Jesus paid attention to the needs of the people. He had love and sympathy for the distress of each one. He trusted in the Father for provision, and he translated physical care into spiritual care. Here is the example set for each of us that we should act in the same way. We are all surrounded by needy people. They may even live in your house. They may be at your workplace if you're allowed to go there. You see them all the time. We ourselves are needy people. Don't, don't be fooled. We are needy people, all of us. And we need to pay attention to the needs of people around us. We need to have love and sympathy for the distress of each person. Everybody's got a story going on, being played out right in front of them, but invisible to you. We need to trust the Father to provide for the needs of those who are needy around us, even if it's through us, and translate that physical care for spiritual care. This is what we call ministry. This is what ministry should look like for the Christian. This is the framework. This is the pattern. Meeting the needs of needy people through compassion. Compassion for people that translates from physical care to spiritual care. If you see a hungry person that does not know Jesus, if you introduce them to Jesus but don't give them lunch, what have you just done? Yes, you have met their, their physical need, or at least tried. But they're not ready to have their spiritual need met because you have ignored their physical need. The disciples remind us to be mindful and thankful. Jesus reminds us to be compassionate. And the people there, those 4,000 men, Matthew adds plus women and children, so there's more than 4,000 people in this instance. So don't be fooled. It's not the assistant feeding. It's bigger, in fact. 
the people there remind us that like them, we can have our bellies filled by the Lord. Now, I like this point, and I'd like it to stay that way, filled with, I don't know, donuts and coffee. Well, I don't mean necessarily that Jesus is going to buy your lunch today, though that's not out of the question. What I do mean is that when we feed on the Lord, we will be filled. He will fill us up. Jesus said in John 6, 53 to 58, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. What did Jesus mean is that if we take him in through faith, he will abide in us by his spirit. 4,000 people plus here were fed physically. Their bellies were full. And our bellies will be filled Spiritually, we will be filled, spiritually fed, if it's Jesus that we're hungry for. If you're hungry for the things of the world, your belly may be filled, but that does not translate to eternal life. Only feeding through faith in Jesus. So, you have to ask yourself, I have to ask myself, is it Jesus that you're hungry for? Or is it something else? If it's Jesus that you're hungry for, feed on him. Far too many people leave churches because they say, I'm not being fed. I'm just not being fed there. Okay, so here's how it works in America. You can buy a Bible and you can read it. You can stop what you're doing for five minutes and talk to the one who created you, who gave you life and breath, who gives you being. You can feed on him. As a shepherd, as the shepherds of this church, the elders and myself, yes, we are responsible to care for the flock. But, you know, you can't feed a sheep by mashing its face into the grass. The sheep has to choose to eat, right? We all have to choose to feed. And if you're hungry for Jesus, you can feed on him and you will be filled. He is all sufficient. He will provide everything that we need. And even if This body starves to death. If we feed on the living bread that is Jesus, we will live forever. 
We're just riding around in a taxi, friends. That's all this is. When it runs out of gas, our trip is not over. When we feed on Jesus, we will live forever with him in his eternal kingdom. So if you're taking notes, I'll make it easy. Here are the lessons for today. Lesson from the disciples. Look to what the Lord has done. And be thankful, not forgetful. Be thankful, not forgetful. When I think about how many people sit in this room this morning, there were Sunday mornings when there was a lot fewer. And there were Sundays when there was a lot more. And of course, I hope that there, in the coming days, this room will be full again. Because we can live without fear of a virus. But I'm still going to be thankful that you're all here today. And that we're still able to preach the word and the world is still able to hear it through technology. So let's be thankful for that. Not forgetful that the Lord filled this room over and over and over. And it was him that did it. I was talking with uh, one of the boys this week. Uh, Our church is not built on uh, strategy book, church strategy books. Uh, and popular teaching on how to grow a church because they don't write churches write, they don't write strategy books on how to grow a church in the middle of nowhere or at least on the way to nowhere they don't write books like that this is the lord that builds the house and he has certainly built this family and he will bring us all back together again we must not forget it was him So we learn from the disciples to look to what the Lord has done and be thankful, not forgetful. Our lesson from Jesus, to look with compassion to the needs of those around us. Every person and every need holds an opportunity to serve and to glorify the Lord. We can't ignore the physical needs uh, in favor of spiritual needs. We need to look to both. And from the 4,000 plus, Our lesson from them is Jesus has and will supply all of our needs according to his glorious riches, and we can trust him. We can trust him. Those people followed him around three days. We don't know that they didn't eat for three days, but they didn't have any food left by the time three days was over, and they stayed. They stayed to listen to Jesus. They stayed to see what he would do. They stayed because he was meeting their needs. They trusted him, and so can we. So I'll ask you three questions for you to think about and maybe share with someone uh, when we're finished here. What has the Lord done in and through you? You ever think about that? I'm just a nobody and just a bump on the log in God's kingdom. You're not. I can tell you that you're not. The Lord has done things in you. He has done things through you. Take a minute to think about what some of those things are. It's not nothing. I'll tell you that. It's not nothing. And consider what are the needs around you? Who do you know that needs your help? 
Are you looking for opportunities to help? Sometimes opportunities abound, but we're a little busy. We got other things on our mind. We're on our way to something else. I can't stop to help you. I got to get to where I'm going. Think about what are the needs around you? Who do you know that needs your help? And the third question, do you trust the Lord Jesus? Do you trust him with your life? Do you trust him with your sin? Do you trust him to fill you? Do you trust him with your eternity? It's the most important question anyone could wrestle with. I hope that you do trust him. But you need to answer that question for yourself. Look to what the Lord has done and be thankful. Have compassion for the deeds around us. And trust in Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to gather together in your name, even on the Internet. Uh, And here in this place, Lord, we're so thankful. We're thankful for your great love for us, for your compassion on us. That even though while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The essence of compassion. You saw our great need, our need for forgiveness and salvation. And you did everything that was necessary to purchase it for us. So I pray, Lord, all those that are within the sound of my voice would receive that great gift. Would simply accept that your death on the cross was for them. That they would be filled with your Holy Spirit and they would entrust the rest of their lives to you. I pray all of us that are walking with you would put our trust in you. That we would look for the needs of those around us and, and do what we can to help, to give opportunity to share the gospel with people so that spiritual needs would be met through physical needs being met. And Lord, help us to be mindful and not forgetful to remember what you have done, to tell the stories of your goodness and love, of your provision and watch care over us. Not forget that you abundantly provide for our needs day after day. You have done great miracles in the life. If you would like to participate in the mission of Crossroads Church through financial support, checks can be mailed to Crossroads Church, Post Office Box 576, West Ossipee, New Hampshire, 03890. 